0: This morning's readings from Psalm 8, which you can find on page 546 in the Church Bible. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth! You have set your glory above the heavens. Through the praise of children and infants, you have established a stronghold against your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger, You put everything under their feet, all flocks and herds and the animals of the wild and birds in the sky and the fish in the sea, all that swim the paths of the seas. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
1: Thanks very much for uh, reading for us, Andy. Good morning, everybody. Lovely to see you. Um, Sorry, I've I've not been around for a few weeks. Um, I've I've not decided to become part-time. I just had COVID, some holidays. I was down at St. Catherine's, but it's nice to be back. And in December, it's going to be something like 50 years since the last person walked on the moon. And I just want us to imagine for a moment that we get to be the next people on the moon. I invite you into my rocket ship, we blast off, and I want you to imagine we have landed on the surface of the moon. I have hidden something up there that you might find on the surface of the moon. If anybody, perhaps you don't have to be, but if you are younger in age, is good at finding things, have a look up there and see if you can find something that I've hidden. Go. See what it is. And whilst you're doing that, let me tell you that on the surface of the moon, if you looked hard enough, you would find a photo frame. I suspect the photo is faded. Uh, It's a family photo of the uh, Duke family. Just tear the place apart, don't worry, it's fine. Uh, Of the Duke family that was put there by one of the astronauts, a Mr. Duke, I assume, in 1972. You will find two golf balls, because I can't remember which... An uh, astronaut decided to stash secretly the head of a golf club, then tied it to a bit of uh, space equipment and had a quick round of golf on the moon. Uh, there are a selection of flags. Uh, have, have a look near that candlestick there. No, the candlestick. No, it's not hand gel, no, no. Have a look at this, this candlestick here. Have a look around the bottom. Uh, there are three moon buggies. If you're wondering how you're going to get around on, the bo- uh, on there, you might be able to kind of, I don't know, um, hotwire a moon buggy. What have you found? Yes, come on. What have you got? What have you got? We got money. What is it? Well, it's, n- uh, well te- uh, it's technically not actually a 50-pence piece. It's a small metal round object about the size of 50p. Who, wh- who found it? Want to have it? Do you want to have a sit down? Let's have a round of applause for our seekers. Can we sit down, Elwin? And inside that tiny metal disc is a little silicon disc. So think, 50p in size. And on it is the most tiny writing that you can imagine. And so, obviously, us good space tourists that we are get our microscopes out of our back pocket, put it underneath, and read what's there. And we discover that when Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin went up to the moon the first time, they brought with them this little... um, this little thing full of messages from around the world, from 73 different world leaders. And uh, you, would, you, you could read them. And on Friday afternoon, I did. It turns out you don't have to go to the moon, you don't need a microscope, you just need Google. And lots of them, lot of these messages celebrate human achievement uh, of getting someone to the moon. So the president, the then president of the Democratic Republic of Congo, wrote, The achievements of human genius in the conquest of space in order to make man its master. Well, the Prime Minister of Trinidad and Tobago wrote of the historic triumph of science and human will. But there is one message uh, that stands out, that really stands out. It stands out because it's not just a celebration of human achievement. It celebrates the true and living God of the Bible. On this tiny disc about the size of a 50p coin are written the words of Psalm 8. Sitting on the moon right now is something that says, Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory among the heavens. And Rob, I had a clicker for a PowerPoint, but if I'm totally honest, I've lost it, but it's here. So I'll try and try and get up to speed again. And those words, they, they stand out. So that's what it's written on. They stand out. So they stand out from those other messages left on the moon. But as we get into the psalms and read through from the start until we reach Psalm 8, this psalm stands out. There's no immediate sense of threat. There's no nations conspiring. We're not told of foes rising up. We're not told of distress at false worship. We're not uh, told of lamenting over lying words. There's no anguished soul. There's no, as we heard last week in Psalm 7, there's, there's no cry out to God for judgment. Instead, it's as if David one evening on a hillside in the Middle East kicked back, looked up to the sky, saw the stars, saw God's power on display in high definition. And he says, Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. And perhaps it feels like those are words that are easy to join in with. Because actually these summer weeks are weeks when, for many of us, the pressure of life lifts. Maybe some of us can have a bit of a break, have some time out, go on holiday, Uh, Maybe it's the moment we catch uh, a sunset sky, or the the moment uh, we see the night sky, we get the 360 degree sky when we stand on top of a mountain. And we can join in, Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. But then we come home from holiday, and the pressures of life build up again, or the battles of life begin to be fought again, or... Maybe for you, there's just not been a break. And for you, being able to say these words, well, it feels, they feel a million miles away from where you're at. Psalm 8, these words, well, they're not just about praising God for his creation. These aren't just words for the mountaintop moments or when the pressure of life lifts. These are words for every moment, including the times when we can't see the stars. For the times when the pressure of life almost feels impossible. And for when the battles of life feel fiercest. This psalm is an invitation from the Holy Spirit to praise the powerful God of creation. Because he chooses to prize little people like me. What is Psalm 8 about? We just sang it. Our God is a great big God. And he holds us in his hands or what I came up with, and I kind of have to concentrate now and make sure my teeth are in properly. It's about praising the powerful God who prizes puny people. That's what Psalm 8 is all about. And I hope that just gives us a little something to grasp the heartbeat of this psalm. Pa- praising the powerful God who prizes puny people. And we glance it in three places in this psalm. For First of all, we see the powerful God prizing puny people in that sort of opening and ending Refrain, Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. If you've got a Bible open, keep it open. If you haven't, it's page 546. Have a look at the very first word of verse 1. Lord. But you notice it's in capital letters. You see that? Some of you will know this, some of you might not. It means that it's not just a generic word for God. It's using God's personal name the name that God gave to Moses at the burning bush when he said, I am who I am, I will be who I will be. It's the name I am, God's personal name. It's saying this is the God who can't be compared to anything or anyone else. This is the creator of everything and the God who makes himself known as a promise-keeping, rescuing God. This powerful God rescues a people for himself and he invites them to call him their God because he calls those he rescues his people, his treasured possession. His invitation has always, will always be through Jesus. Now this is just hypothetical for a moment. I want you to imagine when you arrive home today, disaster has struck. Your house has caught fire. This is hypothetical. It's not really going to happen, I pray. You've got time to rescue one thing out of your house. What do you go for? What do you go for? I don't know what it is for you. Maybe it's a photo album. Maybe it's, um, I don't know, something from your childhood. Maybe it's something, I don't know what it is, a precious book. I don't know what it might be. I think for me it would be some toys to entertain the children. Um, But it probably tells you what you treasure, what your treasured possession is. What is it when the, God, when the world is broken and messed up? What's the first thing that God goes in to rescue? It's people. We are his treasured possession. A powerful God in Jesus gives himself completely, dying on a cross to rescue people. People he created to bring them into the life he created them for. Don't think this is because God is lonely or lacking. Don't think it's because we're impressive or important. He does it because He is the promise, keeping, rescuing, gracious, compassionate, slow to anger, abounding in love, faithful, forgiving, just God. He is the powerful God who prizes puny people like me. Here is a God like no other in all the earth. A God He doesn't mark us according to our performance instead meets us in our mess and brings us home. You might get a glimpse of God and his power in the, in, in the sky, at the sunsets or as the stars come out. But you see it even more clearly when God's people gather as the church. God's treasured possession. A family of broken people together finding hope in Jesus. This is the God the whole earth needs to and can no. And through our praises, get to know as we praise the powerful God who prizes puny people. And we're not out, even out of the first verse before we get this second glimpse of the God, the powerful God who prizes puny people. Uh, we, we get David declaring that God's greatness, his goodness is, is splashed across the skies he's painted. He says, you have set your glory in the heavens. But what is it that silences God's enemies? it's no sunset, it's no starry night, it's no double rainbow, it's no moon rising. It comes from the place you would least expect it. Verse 2, through the praise of children and infants you have established a stronghold against your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. Why do we do songs like Our God is a Great Big God? Why do we do action songs? Because verse 2. If you don't like action songs, I'm just going to quote verse 2 at you. Yes, we can always say more about God in those songs, but if we tried to say everything about God in every song we sang, we'd have 347 verses. The picture that David paints is is as impossible as a child who has just learnt to walk, turning up in a week's time to the Alexandria Stadium in Birmingham to compete in the 100 meters final at the Commonwealth Games. and winning that's the kind of God we've got that's the kind of way God works okay that example might be impossible but actually God silences his enemies through the praise of children and infants so when the pressure of life feels impossible the battles of life feel the fiercest where do you go to find strength to keep going you join in with the praise of children and infants Praising the powerful God who prizes puny people like me. The praises of children are praises that recognise they've got a powerful God who loves them. Not because they've got anything to bring, not because they've got anything to show off about, just because God is God. And we're to join in with them. And so at this point, I actually want to come over here because we've got some of our children over here, some of them, and I know there's others around. Uh, And I've got something to tell you guys. It's really, really, really important. I want you all to know that you guys have so much. Look out over there. Can you see everybody? You have so much to teach us. I can only see one row. You can see one row. There's a few more rows, I promise. I want you to come along. I want you to tell us that you're here. I want you to move around. I want you to make noise. I want you guys to get us singing our oh God, big God. Please, 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 please tell us about Jesus. And tell us more about Jesus. And keep telling us what God is like. And keep singing. Will you do that for me? Will you do that for us? Uh, Praise that so- we got an I don't know. We can try. We can try. Praise that silences God's enemies flows out of total dependence on the one who at the cross defeated every enemy. God's people around the world, God's people here, we will continue to find that there are stresses and struggles and suffering in life. But where do we go to be strengthened? We go to praising the powerful God who prizes puny people, knowing that his victory one day will be fully realized third glimpse we get of this God this powerful God who prizes puny people like me is in the rest of the psalm verses three to eight when we join David, legs crossed lying back arms behind his head looking out at the night sky and feeling very 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 small should we feel really small this morning let's see if it works i want you to imagine every grain of sand on every beach in the world it's quite a lot of sand right add to it all the grains of sand in every desert in the world now go and empty every builder's merchant of every grain of sand and sand and add it to the top of the pile it's quite a lot of sand yeah there are more stars in the universe than grains of sand in that pile. Guess <coughs> better. You ready for this one? There is the same number of stars in the universe than there are molecules in ten water drops. What? Huh? Same number of stars in the universe as there are molecules in 10 water drops. There's a lot of people with cogs turning in their heads, looking a bit squiffy. It's incredible. It's incredible. And yet, the powerful God who has created uh, grains of sand, stars in the sky, molecules in water drops, what does he choose to fill his mind with? Us. Verse 4. What is mankind that you are mindful of them? Human beings that you care for us. This is a God who created us in his image to be uh, made a little lower than the angels, crowned with glory and honor, to be, to be rulers over everything that God has made, for everything to be under our feet. Tiny me, tiny you, treated by God like royalty a little lower than the angels where our work what we do really matters serving others cultivating life making stuff creating order out of chaos exploring things learning things discovering things caring for things looking after things sustaining all that God has made praise the powerful God who prizes puny people like me except suddenly it feels like we need to put that praise on pause for a moment don't we because the question is, are we, are we really ruling things? I don't know about you, but I have several moments regularly when it feels like cancer is ruling things, when tragedy is ruling things, when political forces are ruling things, when market forces are ruling things, when the demands of work or trying to find work seem to be ruling things, when we realize that we've taken what God has given us responsibility for and ruined it, when we realize God has treated us like royalty and we've treated Him like rubbish. Does our praise need to stay on pause? I want you to grab a Bible. I'd love you to uh, turn up Hebrews chapter 2. you find it on page 1202. 1202. Hebrews chapter 2. And as you look at that page, you'll, you'll notice straight away that it's got a quote from these verses in Psalm 8. And if you look at verse uh, 6, I love this. It just says, but there is a place where someone has testified. If you, if you struggle remembering Bible references, don't worry. The writer of the Hebrews did too. Somewhere, it's Psalm 8. It's Psalm 8, we know that. It's Psalm 8. Uh, and then we go down underneath it. The, the second sentence just before verse 9. The, the writer of the Hebrews agrees with what we just said. Yet at present, we do not see everything subject to us. The picture of Psalm 8 isn't our reality. And then we have the most amazing five verses, five words to start off verse 9. But we do see Jesus. But we do see Jesus. Jesus made a little lower than the angels. Come to join us and to live the life we were created for. The life we messed up. Done so that we might be joined to him. So when Jesus suffered death, he suffers death for us. And he has now been raised, he is now crowned with glory and honour. To bring many people, puny people like me, puny people like you, into glory and to share in his rule. One day, when all things are made new, all of Psalm 8 will be true. As we wait though, we, we continue to care for God's creation. We know all our efforts can be undone. But know that you're giving people a glimpse of what's to come and of the God, the powerful God of creation. And we praise the powerful God who prizes puny people. You see, the words of Psalm 8 aren't to be left in tiny writing on the moon. The words of Psalm 8 aren't just to be left on the pages of our Bibles that we close. The words of Psalm 8 are to become our voice. As we say, Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. And as we do so, we discover, rediscover God's grace, welcoming us though we don't deserve it. We, we find we're strengthened when the pressures of life hit and the battles are fierce. And we find we're given uh, all that we need to work and to care for all that God has given to us. I was going to invite us now uh, to pray. And if you're able to, I'm going to say, say please stand. Please stand. And we're going to pray Psalm 8 as a prayer. and can I invite you to join in the words that are in bold? So we say together, "Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You set your glory in the heavens through the praise of children and infants. You've established a stronghold against your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is mankind that you are mindful of them, human beings that you care for them? Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have made them a little lower than the angels and crowned them with glory and honor. Lord, our Lord, How majestic is your name in all the earth. You've made them rulers over the works of your hands. You put everything under their feet, all flocks and herds and the animals of the wild, the birds of the sky, the fish in the sea, all that swim the paths of the seas. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Amen.